You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Um, All right, so I have a special treat today. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and and people have been on me. When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? You need to do it. So finally, it's being done. And what that is, is it's a, a almost like an extension of the China Shop. For those of you who are familiar with my podcast, you know that the China Shop are my episodes where I just talk to other bulls in the lifestyle and we find out about their journey, how they got into it, their perceptions, how they move in it, so on and so forth. Well, what this is, it's in the same vein as a China shop, but it's more of like a bull round table. So think about it as like a China shop happy hour edition, you know, cocktail hour edition where myself, two other bulls, we just sit around and we just talk about various topics concerning the lifestyle. And I'm happy to have with me to kick this off two dudes who I've gotten real close to in this lifestyle. They've both been on the show. I got my man, Pagan. Pagan, why don't you say what's up? Hey, what's going on, everybody? And I got my man, Dimitri. Dimitri, why don't you say hello to my listeners? Good evening, good evening. Nice to be on this podcast. I feel like I'm on a quiet storm hour or some shit. So basically what this is, is like I said, just various topics concerning the lifestyle. And the three of us are just going to kind of give our thoughts and opinions and feelings on the matter. Just to kind of give you some insight to how bulls stick and move in this lifestyle and, and not just bulls, but guys who I feel get it. You know what I'm saying? They understand what this lifestyle is about. They have their ethics. They have ethics. You know what I'm saying? They're ethical bulls. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to the, um, to the first topic. And this question was, when did you first know that you had something that women wanted and then understand that not all men had the same appeal. How did that make you feel? Pagan, won't you go ahead and, <laughs> and, and set that off? When did you first know that you had something that women wanted and then you understood that not all men had that same appeal? Mm. Well, Michael, for me, it was two days ago. Um, <laughs> I just discovered, nah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's funny because like you asked that question by the way, everybody should know, we don't know these questions ahead of time. So, you know, we didn't get a chance to prepare. This is, this is like real answers off the cuff. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think it was like early on. I mean, I already knew I like girls. I was old enough to know that, but that happened pretty early. But, um, I think because I was like, um, I was a preacher's kid and my dad was just, he was, he had a way with words. Like, Preachers do. And I also, I think there is a genetic component to that. I think there is a little bit of that, to a, a good orator, a good speaker, and then the charisma that comes along with that. I think there's just some of that you could pass on. And then there's others that is, is learned, and I was at my dad's feet, and I'm just picking up on all these cues. And he was good at that. And I think that one of the things that, I guess in my experience or opinion, I don't know if it's universally true, but like women 
the things that men say, their sense of humor, how they vocalize things is a big part of women's attraction a lot of times. And I don't find that as much with men as like on the list of things that attracts them or that they would put at the top of the list. And so I think that that was one of the first times um, I noticed like women would gravitate towards me like in a party situation or in a social situation or, you know, when guys are basically spitting their game, whatever it may be, I realized that I had an, I was more adept at it than a lot of other guys um, who had other gifts, things that I didn't have. But that was one of the things that I, I noticed early on. And I'm, I'm like a young kid and I'm, I'm able to like spit that game <laughs> and, and not, not everybody, not everybody had, you know, that ability or the confidence and the other things that go along with it. So yeah, that was, that was early. That was like single digits, you know, before I turned 10 years old, I'm, I'm noticing that. And what about when that, when you started to like, how did that, like when the lifestyle came in, like how did you see that that's like, wow, this is really a bonus in this sphere? Well, because <laughs> what I would call the end of the lifestyle that your podcast delves into is not the beginner stuff. It's not the people who are just jumping into swinging. And it's like, I got an AFF account today. These are the people who have done all those things and figured out some more and they are, they're a little older, they're a little more seasoned, a little more mature, wise. They're looking for a deeper connection. They're looking for a guy that has that, that it factor. As opposed to when you're early on, you know, you, you kind of, you're, you're seeing what comes to you. You don't even know what's available. But once couples know what they want, then the things that I was just talking about were very valuable because not every guy has it. And, uh, you know, Michael, you said it before on the podcast, we like to think that we're doing all this stuff, but what we're really doing is just not fucking up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so as much as it sounds like, oh, we got these gifts and this gift and that, I think a lot of times, you know, it's not that we're such a much, it's just that, you know, if you're a decent guy, you're put together well, those things stand out. And that's a shame to say in some respects, but. I'm not mad at it because, you know, God knows where we are, you know. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right. What about you, D? Pretty deep. Oh, wow. That's a little complex. Uh, uh, I mean, but, hey, um, man, we're hitting the ground running, see. man. No softballs here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, that was pretty much a, a million dollar question. But how I pretty much, I can sum it up for myself. You remember back in the day, Pretty much when you first started out uh, attending parties, you had to pretty much uh, ask for permission to attend a party or send a request. But at some point in my experience, I became that guy that people requested to come to the party. So I, they sought me out to attend these events. And it, I, I would say, you know, maybe it was my physique. Maybe it was the physical features that they saw of me. And the bonus point came uh, became a big factor of my personality or the enigmatic personality that I gave just a little bit at a time. You know, it was pretty much like feeding them with a teaspoon. You give them just enough to keep them interested and keep their interest peaked until time and time develop, develop into a more of a comfort. Uh, 
as for in the dynamic that we in now, as in stag and vixen, hot wife, share wife, wife sharing, co-coding, uh, that was a lane that uh, I would say has been calling my name, not per se by me, of a curiosity, but more of a couples were saying, I believe that you can fit in that role. And maybe it's from the leadership I put, you know, I put together from the single guy's point of view. You know, there were a lot of guys up under me that learned from me that became kings in their own lane. And the way they present themselves out there, you know, they gave that respect back of, I got to give thanks to my brother, Dimitri, or something in their reference. And if couples and single women hear that, they want to know the guy behind that, behind that picture. So it became pretty much deep like that for me. And I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay, what is it about me? (laughs) It's crazy. and It's very, very weird. But on top of that, like I said, I'm still trying to figure that part out myself. So right now, no, as you said before, I'm I'm just still trying to learn it and not fuck up as (laughs) as we say, do everything right. <clears throat> no, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, P. Oh, I was just going to say, though, that's what you want. That's what, that's the kind of guy you want is a guy who's Dimitri, but is confused as to why he's who he is. That's a sign of uh, humility. And so, well, you have to be humble. Like a, well, it's funny you say that because apparently every bull ain't got that message. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I agree with you, but it's not necessarily common. You know, you talked about like, is it the, is it the fact that I organize things, the way I put things together, my physique, the fact that I got a really cool personality. That's a whole package dude. All those dudes are not humble because they have the whole package. So I'm just pointing out like that's, I, I a thousand percent agree. I think that, People talk about, you know, um, I, I'm down to earth. I'm like, well, you're earthly. Where else should you be? You know, because <laughs> that, that is, um, it's not, it's not common. And, and it's, it's also something that, um, we've all seen people that like, as they get more and more people telling them they're great, they believe it more. Yeah. They start believing but, you know, in press you clearly, yeah, exactly. But I just wanted to point out, like, that's the kind of that's the kind of guy that people want to be around. The guy who is all those things, but you know, almost acts like he doesn't know it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, humble, humble gets you gets you a long way in this. Um, I guess for me, it's it's uh, I see some similarities with P in that being younger, always being talkative. Mom always told me I had to gift the gab before I even knew what the hell that was. You know what I'm saying? And coming up, I've always been able to talk and didn't have a lot of success with women in my, in my teens and early twenties. I mean, I had, you know, I had girls, but not like some of my friends did. And so I was constantly being put in a friend zone. So I've always had female friends. I just wasn't really getting nowhere with them, but I would always talk to them. Like I was the guy they would come to. Why do guys do this? Mm-hmm. Why do guys do that? You know what I'm saying? And I got to listen in mm-hmm. on their conversations. So even though I wasn't playing the field to the level that a lot of my friends were, I 
what I didn't realize then is I was, I was building even more on my communication skills. I mean, being able to listen, being able not just to listen, but being able to hear them and understand mm -hmm. what they're going through, being able to empathize with them, being able to, to understand, you know, you got your friends on this side being the dogs, you know, doing women dirty while well, I was talking to these women. So I saw the effects of what happens when you do women dirty. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was learning that, okay, don't do people dirty because this is the residual effect of that. This is what happens. This is what gets left in that wake. And, you know, and how that transformed into the lifestyle is, you know, and one of the things that's cool about this that I like is nobody gave an answer pertaining to the way that they fuck. You know what I'm saying? Because we all understand most dudes in this lifestyle can fuck. Like, that's the one thing that most dudes can do. You know what I'm saying? And so none of us hold our hat on that. None of us use that as our calling card. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, that's a short-term show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, it was understanding that, oh, the way I communicate with these couples, apparently that's not common. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that they're not getting out there so that's what i began to hang my hat on and what i began to see that okay this is what i bring to the table as a bull and this is my ability to be able to communicate with these couples and talk to these couples you know the re the the, yeah. the the respect from the door and understanding that even if this man's wife took on 10 guys that's still his wife you know what I'm saying? That's still his best friend, his soulmate, the mother of his children. And just being respectful and again, empathizing and walking in their shoes. And that's, that's, what's, that's what served me best during all my time in this is just being able to communicate. You know what I'm saying? So pretty much you self-educate totally. yourself along, along the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. All yeah. right, brothers, we're well, on to the, the next topic here we got. <clears throat> this is the interesting one. We all get rejected for one thing or another. What has happened to you to cause you to be rejected and what emotions did that trigger? <laughs> uh, D, won't, D, won't you take this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's hitting he's us with those, D. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> Enough about how great you are. Enough about how great you are. Now tell me about oh. the chinks in your armor. Oh man, if you had any pride, it's gold. <laughs> okay. Uh, my my biggest failure of a rejection was uh it was on from what what I call overbooking, and you know when uh. You have a date plan, and you assume that that date may not fall through, so you call up a plan mm -hmm. B date. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the roles have flipped, and uh, the plan B, uh, the plan A date roll over too long for the plan B. And the plan B was the person I was really trying to get to because I had such a strong connection with her. And uh, mm. she gave me that, uh, you know what, never mind, you're not reliable. Uh, first impressions are the best impressions, and you're not leaving a good impression. And it was pretty much like a no thank you. And it was a no thank you to where, like, somebody hang up in your face and you just can't call back. 
Um, like they start like, like, uh, like they call de- you private. It was definitive. <laughs> it was like okay, there's no, oh, there's no coming back from <laughs> that. <laughs> so pretty much, you couldn't give a reason. Anything you would say would just be an excuse, right? And so I had to, I had to take that on the chin. Now, what did it do for me? It just, it taught me to be more organized. <laughs> give yourself a now, window. <laughs> oh man, bro, mm-hmm. I would. It, uh, now I will say this because I always try to be humble about any situation, even if my pride is in, in threat. That opened my eyes to that person's feelings on how she had to prep herself to get <clears throat> to get to our dates. What if she had to go through babysitting, um, doing hair, do her nails, get her clothes and everything situated, and my lack of timing screwed that whole even up for her. And I understand it because it, I did it to people and people done it to me. So I had to take them yeah, on the chin. Yeah. It did not feel good. <laughs> I think I need to lay some flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to give some no, old Valentine candy too if I, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That was recently. <laughs> you said that was recently. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's funny because, like, mine was recently, too, and recently hurts more. Like, recently <laughs> is, I shouldn't be, I should be on top of everything at this point. What? what? You know, it surprises you, which is good for <laughs> teaching your humility. Um, but I think, like, for me, um, I met up with a, uh, friends of friends. I had gotten along with them, you know, all the way up until, like, the... Um, actual meet and greet. And then, um, you know, I, I went out to meet them, um, just to have some drinks and see where things go. But, and I thought it was like any other time that I've done that pretty much. And again, this isn't, this isn't like the, uh, braggadocio. This is just statistical. Like I, you know, the batting average is really high. So it's to the point where it's like things usually just go well by that point, right. you know, in, in person, it doesn't get worse for me. I put it that way. So if it went well up until then, it usually goes well. So I'm thinking everything was going well and everything, but it was kind of an undefined, like what we were going to do. And they were, they were going to be staying in town for a little while. So, um, yeah, we, we hung out, we had drinks. It was like almost a couple hours probably. And then we just, um, you know, uh, I said goodnight. It was late because they had even, like, postponed a little bit for me because I was held up at work. But I told them the way ahead of time. And uh, we parted ways. And then I found out it did not go well at all. And that <laughs> so basically the, the bottom line is I, in the way I presented myself, was like I was just talking about myself and not really talking in, to them about them. Okay. And What's again, that conversation? that's... Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I would almost pride myself to be the opposite of that guy. <laughs> um, and so that was, that was surprising because I'm like, what was I doing at the time? And what I do realize is I perceived them as being like interested in asking a lot of questions about certain things about like my job and what I do and all this as I should talk more. And then I realized I did. And I know it didn't come from like a bad place, but I did, I do see where, where I did that. Um, so anyway, the good news is 
they are friends of friends and um we did really have a good rapport up until that moment so it didn't end with like it's not going to return so it's uh we're going to just meet up again and since then we've been talking a lot over the pandemic and gotten closer so i think it's going to be fine in the long run it's more like a misunderstanding but it was like a wake up call for me to just like you know always pay attention to those things and you know make sure that you are at least empathetically looking at the other person and what they're experiencing. Um, Cause I, I definitely lost sight of that. That's what I went bad. Um, so yeah, that was, well, wow. that was not my finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, he said, um, you basically talked too much about yourself and didn't give him the opportunity to talk, uh, to go back and forth in the conversation. Yeah, and I didn't like, I, w- I wasn't inquiring as much about them as, you know, I was talking about myself, which, you know, is, you know, I, I totally get that. Who wants to be around that, right? No, okay. absolutely, absolutely. So, I, 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 I you know, and, and it, it's a balance, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I'm sure we all feel that we're interesting people, you know what I'm saying? And, but it's that it's finding that balance. I've been obviously I've been guilty of that myself, you know, where you, you kind of over talk, you know, and you almost have mm-hmm. to kind of remind yourself of, hey, well, what about you guys? What do you feel? What do you think? What do you want to know? Mm-hmm. You know, and and like you said, sometimes. You know, people are asking you questions so much and, you know, I pride myself. I don't give one word answers. Like if you ask me a question you're going to get a thought out <laughs> <Right>. response. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a fucking interview. Yeah. Like if you ask yeah, me a question, yeah. I'm going to answer your question, you know, yeah. and you know, sometimes we can ramble, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, but, yeah. but as, as far as, but the, you're being as detailed as possible. So that yeah. gotta be a symbol for something. You try to create comfort. But I guess what we yeah, have to remember you know, is there's yeah. only but so much time in the night, <laughs> you know, and eventually, yeah, I mean, for yeah. most of it, we, we, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to have that nightcap, you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, exactly. yeah. I got to find that balance between giving a thought out answer, but it, I, I guess it's almost like we need that person, like at the Academy Awards, where that person is in the back flicking the light, like, okay, you accept this speech, <laughs> you accept this speech is running long. Yeah. Like, we need that a person. Band starts up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the, the mu- band starts up. <laughs> the outro music starts <laughs> on, and it's like, okay, let me wrap this up. <laughs> well, okay, so you exactly. were at that point. I know both of you, I, I know you both have probably experience where you've both been on dates, and the woman other women have taught a lot and as the, the date ends, she go, you know what? I, you, 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 uh, we have great conversations and you rarely, you only thing you did was listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, hey, if you want to chalk that up as a great conversation, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> you <know> exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not- so that's pretty much, that's another learning tool, learning yeah. lesson on that one. It is. Cause like, yeah, and, and it wasn't like it was coming from a bad place. You know, it wasn't like, uh, talk about myself cause it's like all about ego. I, I was trying to do what I thought was like, you know, the right thing, but it was just a lesson too, that like, even when you are paying attention, you know, things can be misinterpreted and you know, if it doesn't happen to you in a long time, it is interesting because it, it wakes you up and it gets you back on your toes. Yeah, it's like and cold water. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing, though. Yeah. It's a good thing to get that cold water sometimes. You yeah, know? because yeah. Like, yes. like, you, like you alluded to, when you get to this point, 
again, this, it's not about being boastful. It's, it's not about bragging. It's because of the preparation that you put into it. We've right. got high batting averages. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 yes. ha- like Hall of Fame, like high. Like, yeah. So you, when you strike you out, it. yeah, when you strike out, it's like, wait a minute, what? Now that had to be a ball. Like, that wasn't a strike. You got to look at the bat. <laughs> yeah, like, wait a minute. Coach, let's hold this bat. Yeah, you know, you like, you like, you like my man Gans and you like my man Gans in 48 hours. Like, I can't believe it. I got shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wait a minute. I don't get yeah. shot. You know, but for me, as far as the rejection thing, I can be honest and say that's something that I'm real sensitive about because I did go through uh, an insecure phase, like up to my, you know, early to mid twenties where, you know, rejection, like I was going, I was always going after the girls that I couldn't get. So rejection was like, Mm -hmm. it, I I was no stranger to it, you know? And what I learned was Mm -hmm. it's not about rejection. It's just, you know, you're not what they're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And being that I come from yeah. a place where I would internalize that as rejection, <clears throat> I had to understand that they're not rejecting me. It's just that spark that needs to be there is not there. And sometimes that shoe is on the other foot. Sometimes you meet somebody and, you know, she's cool and everything, but that spark's not there. So for me personally, I don't look at it as, I, I can't look at it as rejection because that brings up painful memories. I just look at it as like, okay, well, cool. We're not a match. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, yes. like I, I, I have to put, I have to share that. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, we just didn't click. We just didn't vibe, you know? Yeah. Because for you know me, what's interesting. What's up? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, what I was going to say was for me, I guess I don't get to like, if I, if you let me, like, if I see that we have chemistry, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I see that you dig my type, then for me, I'm closing that deal. Now, Thank if there's you. any, if there's anything that could be perceived as rejection, I'm sniffing that out before things even get to that point. Like, okay, that 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 spark is not here. Like, our conversation is not jiving. The energy is not flowing. So, I'm not even going to arrange a date or try to see you because I don't, I can already tell that shit is off. You know what I'm saying? And, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so for me, I'm not saying that it's not rejection. I'm just saying that's how I internalize it. That's how I process it is. Okay. We're just not clicking because for me to fall back into that, Oh, I was rejected. That brings up too many feelings from the past when I would, cause I would the take, the, I would take the rejection as, well, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? You know what I'm saying? And no. I don't want, I don't want to burden myself with those, with those types of feelings. Yeah. So when I hear that, what hits me is that, you know, and I know, <laughs> I know D's going to agree with this cause we come from this, we come from the same cloth as far as ego and, and all this stuff. Um, as soon as you took your ego out of that, it's not about you being rejected. It's just about another exactly. person is not clicking with my person. But as soon as you add your ego and it's about you, you notice how everything was about me and like how I've been treated and those words of me and I come in. Right. But when you take yourself out of it, it's just another human that's wavelength is not on yours. And that's cool. And you have so much less stress 
you go into these things more relaxed, which makes you more attractive, by the way. Like all those things, I think, just come from just taking yourself out of the equation so much. No, definitely. Yes, that definitely. was a key term. All right, now here comes a softball question for y'all. Okay, we're going, we're going, we're going, I'm going to turn the heat down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Coach. Yeah, I'm going to turn the heat down a little bit. I'm going to put in the subs. Okay. Um, how is fucking an attractive single woman different from fucking an attractive wife of another man? Uh, P, won't you lead off on this one? Um, well, there's, there's that. I can play different aspects with a married woman that I just can't play with a single woman. There's aspects of the kink of it. There's things I can say to her. There's dynamics involved depending on where they are on the spectrum um, as a couple that meets men. There's a lot of different versions of things with a married woman just in terms of the kink of it or what you can get into. However, that doesn't mean you can't get into different things with a single girl because um, you definitely can't. Things you can't do with a married one. But there's, there's a big difference there for me personally, um, especially if, if you go farther down into the you know, hot wifing territory and you get into cuckolds and other things. There's just more meat on the bone, in my opinion, um, that you can get into. Um, but yes, I'm, this is not an anything against single girls because they do have their place. Oh, absolutely. Once <laughs> <laughs> you dig a little deeper, hmm. bro, I mean, I've, I feel like you just kind of skimmed the surface on that. And I've, I've had conversations with you and I know you can dig just as deep as, as, as the rest of them. So I, I want you to di- kind of dig a little bit. Like as, as far as like um, what like, it means, like, I like guess, on the. Like compare and contrast, you know what I'm saying? Because like you said, like, okay, like what's the appeal of a, of a single woman versus like, what is it that you get from a single woman that you can't get from a married woman? And what can you get from a married woman that you can't get? Because we don't, because I do have single women that listen to my podcast and I don't, I actually mm-hmm. get question. I get asked that question often because on certain sites, a screen name that I've been using for a long time, it's even in my email is I do wives and I, I'll get messages. <laughs> like, do you, do you only do wives? You know what I'm saying? Like, what about the single girls? I mean, and I have to explain, well, that's just a short way of letting people know I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand, you know, but I have to let them know that, no, the door is open for you too. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what are the pros and cons of of each single women versus married women? Mm. And this is a softball question? (laughs) (laughs) Not not anymore. Not not anymore. I'm sorry. Fast pitch softball. He said it was. Fast pitch softball. He said it was. Oh, man. Yeah, I gave him a softball answer. He's like, oh, no, it's actually not a softball. Yeah, man. Like, this Uh, JV playing varsity. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, no, it it is a really good question, though. I I do like, and I do like answering it. It's um, it's one of those things where, like, for instance, with single girls, um, there's this like there's there's a hunger a lot of times that they'll have for you that a woman can only have when like she may not be only with you, but she may be only with a few guys, and so she's getting her relationship, um, whatever level that she wants that fix off of you or off of you and a few other guys or whatever her dynamic is, right? And a lot of times with a married woman, you're not going to get that necessarily. You're going to get a hunger, 
but it's not the kind that she needs fed because she's got a husband and she's got kids and she's got her life. And so there is a difference in terms of like the amount of energy, I will say, and the, the type of energy that is. Now, on the other hand, a single girl sometimes can be looking for a relationship in a way that you may not be ready for. And that's the kind of bull I think that leans towards a lot of times the wives because the wives are the ones that are not looking to call you up at three in the morning talking about their problems. They got somebody for that. Right. So that is a dynamic where if you're not into that and you don't want to go that deep or have a relationship of that nature, then wives are probably more, you know, going to likely be the ones for you. That doesn't mean there's not going to be single girls that don't do that. There totally are. But I'm just talking in general terms of, you know, what I've noticed in the majority in each area. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of examples of stuff like that. Um, and I already talked about like the kink aspect, which is like the fun part of it. There's things that, you know, I think that, you know, they vary and none is one is better than the other. In my opinion, it's just more what you're into or what you're into even at that moment. No doubt. Uh, D, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and jump in on this. Um, Yes, please do. And I'd be curious to know if you guys kind of stick and move the same way. What it like, like, like P said, there's, there's, there's more, but there's less when you deal with a married woman, more in the sense of oh, yes. there's more meat on the bone as far as their dynamic and the different ways that you can play with it, but less in the sense of the energy that it requires from you. And because she's got somebody fulfilling those other needs. So she's not really looking to get that from you. You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not getting the calls on Valentine's day. You're not, getting the calls on, Hey, what are you doing? New year's Eve? I mean, you're not getting those types of calls because she's got that already. But one of the things I find interesting about dealing with single women, and I'm wondering if you two feel the same way. One of the things I've noticed about myself over the past few years, I usually only deal with one at a time. Like where, you know what, where you might have several wives that you see, you know, that are kind of in your circle when it comes to Mm -hmm. single women. Once I have one, I usually only stick to one because the one thing that I've learned about dealing with single women with me being in a lifestyle is I know that it has a shelf life. Like I know yes. that it's only going to oh, last man. because eventually she's going to get to the point where she's going to want more, not necessarily from me, just in general, she's going to want more. And once I know that she's looking for more, then I have to kind of be the kind of guy to say, well, I know that I can't give you more. So I'm going to step back. Because I'm not that right. dude that can give you more. And I'd rather you invest that energy into somebody who can. So for me, in dealing with a single woman, it's fun in the sense of as much as I enjoy cuckolding and as much as I enjoy hot wifing, there's a, a, there's a certain amount of energy that you have to expend because you know they are a couple. And so I'm always cognizant of, okay, is your husband involved? How are we involving him? I'm texting him. I'm talking to him. When we're playing, I'm making sure that he's got good views and, hey, go over here and get this camera angle. And, you know, you're always kind of in that, like, almost like a director mode. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. you know that they're Mm -hmm. a couple. And sometimes it's kind of cool to deal with that single woman and, and leave the director at home. Like, okay, I don't need you tonight. I can just go and be that single guy and show this woman a great time without worrying about the other moving parts. 
The other thing that's kind of cool about it is usually when you're dealing with a single woman, whether in the lifestyle or not, it's always fun to kind of be like, okay, let me introduce you to some kinky shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I, I, I know you're single and, you know, you might not be used to this, but how would you feel if I invited a homie over? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's, let, me, let me take you to a club. Like, let me open your mind and show you some things, you know, and that's always been enjoyable to me, you know, with a single woman is to be able to kind of open her mind up to other things. And when you're dealing with single women who are in the lifestyle, because, you know, all three of us have organized parties and sometimes, you know, we get single women that come to our parties. It's nice to be able to play with a single woman and hook up with a single woman and let her know I'm not threatened by you being with other guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, the, so you don't have to worry about uh, shielding me from that. You don't have to worry about, you know, bruising my ego. I, I know I'm not the only dude you see. And in fact, I'll put something together for you <laughs> if you want me to. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's yeah. cool to see how they react because they're not used to that. They're used to guys like, oh, you, you got time for that, dude. I mean, they're used to dudes kind of taking that position and them getting frustrated you know, because guys are putting those expectations on them. So it's kind of cool to show them that, nah, I'm not threatened by that. Do you have mm-hmm. a good time? I mean, if, if you don't mind, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll introduce you to a friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun to, to, to open that door and show them things new. But one of the things I always know is when I deal with a single woman, I know that it has a limited shelf life. Like there are couples that I've been dealing with for years and years and years where single women, you know, to go strong for a couple of months, maybe a year top, and then things just start to kind of fade because, you know, they want something, like I said, they want something more. So, you know, that's, that's my two cents on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> so what's up? So what about you, D? Okay. Uh, I'm going to get a bit vivid on this. And hey, man, get, please go ahead. Please do. <laughs> Well, you know, I prefer as a, as in single women, uh, beautiful women. Uh, that's exactly it. Women. I can't just have one. You know, I look at them like I look at ice cream. I like chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. And I need variety. You know, mm-hmm. I need that variety because uh, that if I focus on that one, that one single beautiful woman, you know, I'm sharing, I'm sharing more than just my time and my loin. I'm sharing my personality, I'm learning her personality. And I may get caught up, you know. I I just may get caught up just as much as she may get caught up into me. So to redirect that attention, I have to have variety. I have to have it because fuck man, I I love that shit. <laughs> and that's for the, the the fucking part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I ride that fucking wave. I ride it because again, if we on that same wavelength I want to dig deeper. I want to push her to her boundaries to where while we were we yeah. fucking the hell out of each other, choking, pulling hair, slapping, whatever. And she says some weird shit like, I think I really like you. And I'm going to whisper back in her fucking ear. I can't wait to share with my homeboy. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, I'm going to push it. I'm going to push those boundaries because I want that perfect slut. I want that. I crave it. You know, because again, I'm I'm doing my best to please her, but goddamn it, I have my ple- my needs too. 
and they need to be met. And if they can't be met by one, I have to have somebody else that can. And I no think doubt. that's where the variety kick in for me. Um, of course, you know, you may have the one that you can fuck and like, oh, okay, cool. Hey, baby, you know what? Let's watch TV. <laughs> and then you have that one you can step fuck. You know, you just come in and give up that jackrabbit fuck. And then you kick yourself out before she kick you out. <laughs> I got and to then go. you also you also have that one <laughs> mm-hmm. that you can fuck like like a King Kong, and then she take you out to dinner. You know you you have you have those dynamics, and it's there for you. So to restrict myself from that, fuck no, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Cannot do it. Now the the yeah. downfall wow. for me, I feel is. It can be selfish. It can be. It can be selfish with my time. It can be selfish with my personality. It can be selfish with me pretty much looking at them as, uh, fuck, this is going to sound bad. Uh, hey, man, spit it out, bro. A date, a date on the calendar or a text in the phone like, hmm, here's a picture I haven't seen. Let me call her. And it's fucked up that it sounded that way, but that's, that reality in that bubble for me. Now, as for the couples, mm-hmm. so <laughs> as for the couple, it, it, it's a that's a broad, broad situation also because again, you got to realize what lane you went from stagnant, cuckolding, white in that whole white sharing dynamic. So I have to first assure that gentleman, that husband, that boyfriend. That I'm not a threat. I'm an additive. She's the way that she walk in with the respect is how she's gonna leave. She's just gonna leave uh satisfied and wet and sticky, probably. But that's your wife that you're leaving with. At the most of it. Now, while I'm engaging with her, and the same thing, I'm gonna give her the same fucking energy. We're gonna fuck like porn stars. It's gonna be nasty, sweaty, and all that good shit. But she's also gonna assure him that I'm not a threat. Even though she's talking, she's belittling him, talking shit to him, at least she's going to show him some kind of affection by at least holding his hand, uh, stroking his hair, anything that can be so minute that I can overlook it, but also so detailed I can also recognize it. And I look for those subtleties because, again, preach. you have to, you <laughs> have to, you got to be that detailed person. You know, one thing is this, you are a fucking gentleman above any and everything. And to be up on that gentleman, up on that gentleman umbrella, no more rule. Don't disrespect the husband by trying to threaten the wife. You don't. You don't put the husband in the threat also. So again, you can do all that nasty shit and still assure this man that, hey, this is your wife, but guess what? She might Y'all just right gained now. the fucking best friend. <laughs> I'm your best friend now. Mm-hmm. And I would tell mm-hmm. her that shit while I'm fucking the hell out of her or DP3 some whatever the fuck may be. We can do all that and that shit. And I'm going to tell her right now, hey, y'all just got a best friend. My dick come with friendship. <laughs> it does. Like I'm a, not going to be a bill knock. I'm not going to be a phone number. Like the baseball no, cards with the I'm, bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like a, it's like a happy I, meal. It's like a happy <laughs> meal. Yes. Yeah. And again, but think about it. You're going to leave them to leave your place or you leave their place and they're going to have a conversation about it. Baby, did you have a good time? Do you think you want to see him again? So that impression alone is going to determine if you come back or not. Even if, let's just say, if she feels, eh, and he go, well, I think he was a great guy. Or vice versa. She really liked you, and then he go, well, he wasn't really 
respectful to me. So that little minute conflict they have between themselves, they can figure that shit out and determine if you can come back. And then if you come back, you get a chance to do go at it again. And, the, and also, you can push it again. Push those boundaries. Like, you want to open those doors. It's all about the respect level of it. Now, again, you don't have to put too much energy into it because, again, certain things that she may want from you, you can't give it to her because that's her husband's position. That's his position. You you can't give her the intimacy that she crave or may be lacking if that's their husband's position. Now, if you have a certain rule, hey, by all means, go for it. But on the physical level, yeah, uh, we about to be some fucking porn stars in here. I'm sorry. I'm not going home until uh, yeah. I, I need some fucking fluids in my system. No doubt where you keep the Gatorade. Mm-hmm. That's just how it's going to be. Pedialyte, something. Yeah. And Gatorade. Go shower to the legs. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Go get something to eat. <laughs> and don't be afraid to take a pill if you have to. Hey, you know, it's the best friend in the lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This next topic, this Bros. is, I, I, I talked to a very dear friend of mine and she was excited about me doing this. And I asked her if she had anything that she wanted to know, cause you know, she's always picking my brain. I'm always picking hers. And she submitted something that she wanted to know about. So this is for you, Jay, you know who you are. She says, uh, for guys that are well experienced in parties, and I know that you both are, and I myself am, she wanted to know in terms of playing with an audience. She's curious if they all felt comfortable and able to perform right away or if they went through a time period where they worked on that comfort level. And if they did, what helped them to grow that thick skin to not feel weird around dudes just popping their dicks out left and right? Uh, D, won't you take this one first? You said D or P? No, uh, Dimitri. And I'm sorry, I... <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that last end of the question. Uh, like, like, what did you do to help you grow that thick skin to not feel weird around dudes who's just, you know, you know, popping their dicks out left and right? Like, what got you uh, comfortable playing in front of an audience? In a nutshell, <laughs> like, was it right away, or did uh, you have to get uh, used to it? No. So, my very first party, my big party was it had to be a like an audition. And uh, these two women, they was like, let me give you a drink. And they presented to take me to a table where there was alcohol. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't drink. And so then this gentleman, the host of the party, he go, oh, we have a new gentleman here. We got to give him the audition. And so this is the audition. You have two women that's going to drop your fucking pen, your pants. Now, you're in the living room. You got couples and singles from wall to fucking wall sitting on couches on top of each other, and they're all looking at you in the middle <laughs> of the living room. And <laughs> they get the they get the blow you, kiss on you, and if your shit don't get hard, you got to take what they call the walk of shame. You know when you was a kid, you had to pull your pants down to your fucking ankles and try to walk? Oh, the shuffle? And you shuffle your feet? <laughs> yes. That's what we call the walk of shame, or you walk out the door. Damn. And, uh, <laughs> that shit is hard. Is this, is this a lifestyle party or a hazing? Like, I'm trying to figure out. No, what... no, no. This was a lifestyle party, but this group <laughs> that did it, um, that was just their thing because, and I get why they did it because I guess the, the uh, organizers of this group, 
they had certain guys that would brag, oh, I fuck this many women. I fuck this many women. You know, the guy talk. Yeah, or they yeah, call yeah, it yeah. locker room banter. Mm-hmm. And so these yeah. guys were like, okay, well, I think that this, they probably they probably assumed I was like that. So they challenged me. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. they dropped my shit right in the middle of the fucking living room. And both women went to sucking on me and pulling and tugging. And I'm like, hey, you about to be, <laughs> you about to get a surprise in your mouth now. Uh-huh. But you know, now if your shit mm-hmm. don't get hard, make that walk of shame. If you blow your load, you get to stay. Or if you get an erection, you get to stay. And right. from that moment, I kept an erection. And it was like, I kept it comical, you know, because I'm vocal. I'm not what they call, like, mm-hmm. I can be a bedroom bully. But also, if it feel good, I will express that. And they would get a reaction. So it, mm-hmm. it happened like that. So from the moment that we got more and more into a closed area, I realized that these guys weren't fucking looking at me. They was trying to move past me to get to the next one. So, you know, the guys, how they walk, you go, you've been a, a party with a bunch of naked guys. They turn in these angles mm-hmm. so you don't touch them or dicks touch you, whatever. It's more like, excuse me, bro, I'm trying to get that girl right there. Oh, my bad. I'm trying to get to that girl. So it was pretty much like, hey, they here trying to do the same thing. And shit, you watch enough porn, you kind of get used to the shit. So you didn't go through, it didn't take you any kind of adjustment period. Like from the word go, you were comfortable with people watching you. Yeah, because first I'm a voyeur. I like to watch. And I know of me watching people, it turns me on. I think I want to give that same energy back to them to turn them on. So it was pretty much like, shit, who didn't want to be a porn star when they was a kid? Okay, there's your audition right there. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, exactly. you know, I just went for it. Right, Pete, I what, think what the liars were the ones that would screw up. Yeah, yeah. Don't be lying on your shit. <laughs> Rule number one, don't lie, <laughs> don't, don't lie on your dick. God, I mean, yeah, the first, the first thing I ever went to, I totally agree with everything you said, Dave. I was, I just, I was, I think I was pretty much comfortable with it from Jump Street, to be honest. Like, I didn't have a, a, a learning curve. The first thing I ever went to was just like some girl locally in my hometown was going to shoot something for her, like, you know, her porn site. <laughs> um, and they invited guys to it. So immediately I'm thrown into one of the, not the best versions of that. Thing where you're just in a mix with other people you don't know. It wasn't like a lifestyle party. It wasn't like, um, in, in some ways, D, that, that thing you went through seems like more natural. <laughs> it was, this is just a bunch of guys and then this girl that's shooting some content. So that that's how I started out. But even then, I was just kind of comfortable with it. It was fine. It wasn't about the other guys being around me or any of that. Um, yeah, you know, don't have anything that like makes me um, feel unusual, like uh, homophobias or anything like that. So it just was always fine with me to be around other people. As long as there's a girl there, I know what we're doing. And so from that, though, I have become more and more comfortable with other things um, in the lifestyle that when I first started out, I was just feeling things out, didn't exactly know all the aspects that I do now. And I've grown. So it's, it's really interesting because, like, the beauty of this thing is that 
you can grow into it as much as you want to and get as much out of it as you want to. And over time, I'm noticing that I'm still a lot the same person I was when I started, but then attached to that have been so many experiences with people. And that I think came from like me just being comfortable from jump street with just being around other people and having those, you know, any of those barriers that would stop you from enjoying yourself. I really just kind of let all that go Mm -hmm. before I walked in the door. But in terms of the question about like, how can you do that? Let's say you're not like D and I, and you just, you're not that comfortable. I think one of the things you can do is just take it slow at your own pace, go to parties and say, Hey, we're not quite ready yet, but we're thinking that we just want to kind of be around experience. Is that okay with you? And most people that are cool are going to be like, yes, that's fine. You can come to our party and mm-hmm. just chill if they want to get to know you. Uh, people who say no to that, maybe those aren't even the people you need to be hanging with anyway. They would say no to that question. Right. And then once you get there, take it slow. Go from being at a party and your wife is dressed sexy and that's it. And you guys just watch to Maybe you're in the same room and you're doing something with just your wife while there's another couple in the same room with you. You can progress at your own pace and then you'll find out what you're comfortable with like organically. So don't feel like you have to jump into a party where it's eyes wide shut all of a sudden and you don't get a time to acclimate, you know, take it slow and then, you know, see where it goes. Okay. I feel you on that. But being that this is the China shop, what would your advice be to guys about, not being uh, distracted by everything that's going on and being able to focus, like, like how would you instruct guys about how to play at a party and, you know, not get, as we call it, stage fright? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. well, where, where, where stage fright comes from sometimes is like uh, questions you got to ask yourself, you know? Um, but like, some guys, I feel, have some kind of preconceived notions in their head about something around uh, masculinity or something that's getting in the way. And I think that that's what causes them or competition or, you know, some other thing. And that's what causes them to have issues, whereas as soon as other people go away, they're fine. Um, and sometimes that's the difference between someone who is a bull and someone who goes towards eventually relationship. Sometimes a bull just has his head around what his role is. And that's what allows him to, you know, perform in these situations. Other people, sometimes we get caught up with different other aspects of it. This kind of turns them off and they're not able to go forward. So, I mean, asking yourself these questions about, you know, what it is that is bothering you about being near another a guy and it doesn't mean there's something wrong. It just means that, you know, sometimes you may not be geared towards this particular thing. If you do, though, however, kind of focus on the time that you want with that woman and make it your own. If you are a guy who doesn't want every guy in the room, talk to a woman that wants to do that. Like, just go in that other extra room and spend some time with you. And that you will find at many parties. Many women would love to do that. And they love the fact that you asked. So you can start off by doing things like that. And then if somebody else joins at a certain point, again, you could take it slow, take it organic and just add things incrementally. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, 
from my perspective, and I, I kind of got a, 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 a lot to say on this, um, for me personally, and I kind of carried this, you know, not just into the lifestyle, but as, as being a host, like ad, advice that I would give guys. My first experience in a group setting was way before I got into the lifestyle. You know, you, you with your boys and, you know, you know how you used to be back in the day. <laughs> Yo, I know this freak. She wants to run a train on her, mm-hmm. you know, and, yep. you know, that would happen. Buddy would bring a girl through, get a couple dudes. And I noticed in that setting, I didn't have any problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew nothing about mm-hmm. the lifestyle, but the idea of other guys being in the room watching me fuck, it didn't affect me. You know what I'm saying? It didn't bother me. I, 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 I wasn't nervous. I wasn't uncomfortable. So when I learned about the lifestyle, I was fascinated by the lifestyle. So I was looking for those elements as opposed to the guys that see the lifestyle as just a way to get some pussy. And they try to equate the two like, oh, this is no different. I met a girl at the club and took her home and I smashed her so I can smash this woman at this party with all these people around. And it's like, no, it's different. different. You know what I'm saying? Like if you approach it, thinking about it the same way you know you might you might get a surprise like one of the things that i would tell guys because you know guys would ask me all the time yo i want to you know i can fuck can i come to a party whatever and i'm like yo man it's there's a different energy because if you're home with a girl and you're having a little equipment malfunction it's just you if you're at a party and you're having an equipment malfunction you might have standing next to you a dude butt naked stroking his dick looking at you like what you gonna do I mean, like, put me in, mm-hmm. coach. And then the woman's looking at you like, what are you going to do? Stop stop rubbing your wet noodle against my pussy and step aside so that the man with the hard dick can handle business. Some yep. dudes' egos can't handle that. I mean, you know, and, and you know, we've been in this long enough to know sometimes you have that night where your jump shot is off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you can't let that defeat you. And like, P, you said earlier, some guys get wrapped up in that competition. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to, you know, I, I, you know, I got to outfuck that guy. I'm not trying to compete with nobody. You know what I'm saying? The way that he fucks you is not the way that I'm going to fuck you. I, I have my own unique style. You know what I'm saying? This, this is what yeah. my game is. This is how I fuck. You know what I mean, either you're going to enjoy the way that I fuck or you're not. I'm not going to take it personally if you don't. You know what I'm saying? If you want that that dude that's going to jackhammer you and pick you up and spin you around and, hey, man, I'm a slight dude. I'm built like Snoop. Ain't a lot of me picking up nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, 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 that's not the strength of my game. I, Leave that I, shit yeah, in the gym. Yeah, I got, I'm, I'm a perimeter dude. I got jump shot for days. I'm not banging the boards. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going in the paint. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that once you get, you know, once you get to that point where you're comfortable in your ability to show a woman a good time, then you're not you're not intimidated by the, the, the as I call them the metronome guys you know this that guy that's doing that for 30 minutes you know no variance mm-hmm, to his mm-hmm. stroke nothing just pounding it for 30 minutes like hey that's that dude you're not going to get that from me 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm 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 not I'm not Shaquille O'Neal on the pussy. I'm sorry. That's not what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and you just get you get comfortable in your own skin and what you bring to the table. And with that comes to me, you know, confidence comes from that. And you're not paying attention to everybody and what's going on around you. You're able to focus your attention on this beautiful woman who was feeling you enough at the time to spread her legs for you. So show that woman a good time. You know what I'm saying? Give, give her your energy. Block all that other stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Block all that other mm-hmm. stuff out and, and, and focus on her and do everything that you can do to make sure she has a great time with you. You can't control whether she has a great time with everybody else, but you can control whether or not she has a great time with you. And whether that's just by the way that you fuck or the way that you incorporate other elements into your fucking, you know, I'm a vocal dude. I'm, I'm in your ear. I'm, I'm saying all kinds of nasty shit in your ear while I'm fucking. <laughs> oh, hell yes. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, you know, whether it's, hey, I've been looking at you all night or I've been waiting for you all month and, you know, these people are watching. I'm going to make sure you remember me and, I mean, you know, let me know when I hit that spot, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, my mouth is just going because that gets me in my zone. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, it's not my thing, yeah. but one of the things that I can appreciate is when I see the dudes playing with a woman and they're not shy about telling her the things that turn them on. I mean, whether it's, hey, you know, squeeze my nipples while I'm fucking you. Hey, that's what turns that man on. Like, he knows what, he knows what his triggers are. Mm-hmm. He knows. He I mean, knows, he knows mm-hmm. what his triggers are, and he's not afraid to tell her what his triggers are. I mean, that, let me yeah, put, I mean, let me put, tell us ex- exactly. I mean, Hey, you know, let me, let me suck on your toes while I'm fucking you. Like whatever it takes to give you that extra kind of t- to turbocharge your energy. Don't be shy about asking for that. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, whether it's like one of the things that's real big with me is eye contact. Look at me. You know what I'm saying? Not, not look at me, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you. Like I'm trying to peer into your fucking soul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's the shit that turns me on. So I'm, I'm trying to hit all those switches because I want that energy between us to be as high as it can possibly be. And, mm-hmm. and like P said, the dudes that get too caught up in the, the competition of it, those are the dudes that I usually see getting stage fright. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're right about that. All right. Now, yeah, I'm a, I mean, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, P. That's, no, no, I was just going to say, I, everything you said, man, like that, that's also, that is, is what we said before, D, he took yourself out of the equation and you focus on her and you'd be surprised when you stop worrying about the guys around you, how, you know, how much better things are. Cause like, like, you know, Michael just said, like you focus on her, all those other things kind of melt away. So that's yeah. good advice. Absolutely. Okay. vision. For the last topic for this evening, this is from a, 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 a woman that Pagan and I know very well. well we, we, we know her just from talking to her. We haven't met her in person yet, but she's a dear friend, our friend Mistress Kay. And she's mm-hmm. been a big proponent of me doing this episode, so I wanted to make sure I give her a shout out. And this question comes from her. This topic comes from her. And it's kind of, it's kind of a softball, but I'm kind of curious as to how, y'all, you know, how each of us are going to answer it. And I, I, and I intentionally didn't think about it. So I don't even know what my answer is going to be yet. But mm-hmm. she says, what pop culture characters do you identify with? Uh, 
P, oh, I'm wow. going to let you go first, brother. <laughs> I'm going to put you under the spotlight um, first. Like, yeah, like, yeah, no, that's cool. So, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, who you, whether it's it's who swag you emulate or who the way that they carry themselves, you're like, yeah, if I was, if I was that character, that's who I would be, or that's who most resembles the way I carry myself. Like, who would that be in pop culture? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I think in pop culture, the, I'd be a cross between um, maybe Han Solo and little Tony Stark. Um, um, like I, you know, I kind of speak my mind about things, and it gets me in trouble. And I'm I'm political correctness is like my, uh, like you know, the antithesis of me. So um, I, you know, I'm I I I don't know. There's like aspects of those guys' style that, at least in my mind, I like to think that I am. Um, But yeah, those those are probably the two that kind of. You know, describe me the most. I'm a scoundrel. Is what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, like I'm, and I'm unapologetic about it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, both of those guys are unapologetic scoundrels. That's what I am. No doubt, no doubt. All right, D. What about you, brother? Okay, so this is going to be a three-person persona. Okay, uh, I'm going to start with. Bill Bellamy and how to be a player. No doubt, no doubt. I had a friend that was in because that. Oh yes. <laughs> See, he was very, very charismatic, you know, and mm-hmm. the way he moved, everything was all, it was meticulous. It, the way he moved, everything was calculated, meticulous. It was all based off of logic, what perfected his skill. I would say him as one character, I would say I would pick up the smoothest and the suave, the debonair from the character, but he's not a character, Leon. Okay. Okay, I thought you were going to take Leon. my answer that I was about that I was thinking about, but you didn't. So it's cool. <laughs> no, Leon, this guy right here, you know, you got to think about every movie he was in. He was that that heartbreaker, yeah, that smooth guy. Yeah, yeah. For, those, for those that don't know, and say that he, 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 <laughs> they got to Google this. No, he he he, okay, no. he was the dude. He was the. He, I, I guess he came to fame. He was in the what the Papa Don't Preach video with Madonna. Madonna, yeah, I mean, no, no, was, uh, like a prayer. And I'm sorry, yeah, like a prayer. My bad, like a, like, prayer. Like a prayer, like a prayer. Yeah, yeah he was in five See, heartbeats. That's how we go back, brother. We yeah, go he back. A, he was in five heartbeats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, he was in the Temptations movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait to exhale. Uh, we are waiting to exhale. Yeah. Uh, he was in Above the Rim. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm probably naming movies that a lot of my audience probably hasn't yes. even seen. But yeah, but, Google you know, Leon. First of all, you know you a bad dude when you just got one name. Leon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know you this a bad dude, dude when you only up, got man. one name. So, so, so you think Leon is number two. Yeah, so okay. what's, the, what's the third one, brother? And the third one? <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be crazy. I would be a six foot three, 230-pound version of Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the reason I would say Prince because he was uh he wasn't afraid <clears throat> to be to show his feelings to express them not even just express his feelings mm-hmm. vocally he was uh able to express his feelings sexually with the partner he was with look at his moves look at Purple Rain mm-hmm. this guy shit look at his his resume. Dude, what I say about Prince, people can say whatever they want. We, we, we're all, you know, not too far from, you know, being in the same age group or whatever. Yes. We had posters of Prince's women 
on our walls. Of course. Oh, Apollonia? <laughs> Apollonia. Vanity, Ooh. Sheena Easton. Vanity Easton. You know what I'm saying? Like we had, Last Dragon Vanity. Yeah. Last Dragon Vanity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We had posters so, of Prince's women on our walls. So yeah, Brent, Prince's game is solid. <laughs> so let me tell you, let me tell you a story about Prince. Prince fucked Sinead O'Connor and made her a fucking one hit wonder in the same night. I'm gonna let you Google the song that he made. He wrote for her after he fucked her. Did he do did he write nothing compares? Exactly. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> See, he <laughs> fucked her and made her start in all in one night. How bad of a man can you be? <laughs> so again, how, yo, how, me, how, bad, how, no, how bad of a chick do you got to be to fuck Prince one time and he writes a song called "Nothing Compares to You"? That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> you look well, at it from the other he already had a, technically he had the song already written and performance because it's for him oh, but okay. he gave it to her to get the we pussy know. come on man we bulls we know you got to give him some kind of candy yeah yeah exactly D, exactly D ain't gonna, D ain't gonna let so, you fuck with his man go. <laughs> hey, come on man you can't do don't tarnish Chris like that come on now <laughs> so there you go Bill Bellamy from How to Be a Player Leon multi-talented movie star and artist and Prince Yep. All right, I right, see y'all. Y'all, y'all That's make a hell of a combo. Yeah, y'all, y'all make it a tough. I mean, the two that come to mind. I, I don't, I don't have three, but the two that come to mind for me, you know, you know, growing up when I grew up, and this was a dude that kind of crossed all boundaries, and I just, I just always loved, like he was always smooth. You know what I'm saying? Like I can never remember a time, and any time this dude was on screen, where he was not smooth. And that was Mr. Colt 45 himself, Billy D. Williams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was Billy always right. mahogany, Lady Sings the Blues. You know what I mean, Lando Calrissian, even his appearances on the Jeffersons. You know what I'm saying? He was just like never mm-hmm. flustered. Like I, I was like, that's, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like especially at Allegedly. that time, we didn't really have a lot of smooth cats. And when we had the loud cats, we had the, the pimp dudes. I mean, it was all these different dudes that we could see. But it seemed like nobody else really occupied his lane. You know what I'm saying? Well, no. you know, he was he was also a black man that was a sex symbol at a time when that wasn't as common as it is today. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? But he was smooth. There was with no it. like, yeah. Like he wasn't yeah, yeah, he, he was, was yeah. Like he was a sex symbol, but he wasn't, hey, my shirt is open, look how big I am, look how, you know, I'm rippling. You know what I'm saying? Look how athletic he yeah, was. He just, wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He <laughs> you, was. So you know, yeah. you got you're missing a big key element about that. What's that? What defined be the only sex symbol was he was a black man and yet he was a movie star. Most of the black sex symbols mm-hmm. were musicians, were athletes, mm-hmm. and athletes. Mm-hmm. He was a movie star, so he had his own lane. This guy's a fucking pioneer. Mm-hmm. And the I think I want to say four. The other person who I would say <laughs> for me, I probably say it would be uh, Eddie Murphy, in the sense that I learned early how powerful mm. a sense of humor is. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah. Like you can literally laugh a woman right out of her fucking panties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, like like a, a sense of humor is extremely powerful. You know what I'm saying? But Eddie was always smooth with his shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was comical. 
he was funny, but he was also, I mean, he was, he was a suave dude. And yeah, you know, look at Boomerang. Boomerang. Exactly. So I would say for me, those are the two that, that come readily to mind would be Billy D and, and Eddie Murphy, because that's what's up. You know, I, I, I hang my hat on my, I'll make you laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one thing I could do. I will make you laugh. Whether you a chick or a dude, I will make you fucking laugh. I'm not going to get up on stage with a mic and give a set, but I'll crack you the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? And I like the fact that with Billy D, he could do it without being loud. You know what I'm saying? Like, just kind of staying in his lane and and letting you feel his energy and, 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 you know what I mean? Like, what was the shit he said in Lady Sings the Blues? You were just going to make my hand fall off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, <laughs> just, he was just so smooth with it, man. So, yeah, those, 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 would, those would be the two for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, with that being yeah, said, you know, we, we've kind of reached that, that we have to be going over a little bit, but we've kind of reached that hour threshold. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the rest for another installment. But from the bottom of my heart, man, I want to thank you, brothers. I couldn't think of two brothers that I would rather do this first installment with. You know what I'm saying? I think that the people who hear it are going to really enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's needed. Mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. You know, and, and, and people want to know, you know, what do bulls think about? What do bulls talk about? Well, this is your opportunity to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So before I pull the plug on this anything you two brothers want to say in closing p i'll let you address it first no nah, just gratitude man really appreciate being here and chopping it up with you and d man this is a it's a nice place to be you know like i think a lot of us have gone through a good part of our lives in this lifestyle and you don't necessarily have guys like you that you can commiserate with as like peers you know so it's really cool to just like be able to to be at a table with you guys. So yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. No doubt. What about you, D? Anything you want to say in, in closing, uh, brother? Uh, of course, yeah. I also want to thank you guys also on the open dialogue of learning and entertaining, entertaining each other as well. Because again, I think that we need this uh type of setting because again, we're we're in the genre where it's always evolving. And I think these conversations well, I always keep us involved right along with it. So we're not mm-hmm. going to miss anything. And if we do miss anything, one of us will catch it and educate the next person. So I appreciate you, brothers. And, you know, looking forward to the next one. No, and it would definitely be a next one. So with that being said, uh, first thing I want to make sure I always do is a, a shout out to my Patreon supporters. You know, I, I, I don't shout you out by name, but I, I like to end every episode by letting you guys know uh, how important you are to me, how appreciative I am for, you know, believing in me. I mean, believing in me enough to say, hey, this is what we want to give you. I mean, so without you, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of my Patreon supporters out there. Um, if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, like I say, maybe this will be the episode to make you say, hey, you know what? I like what this guy is doing. Let's support him. If not, of keep course. listening. That that time will come. That time will come where you will say, hey, I've been listening to this guy for a while. I want to see him succeed. His voice needs to be heard. I like what he's bringing to the table. You know, let's support him. So a shout out to all my Patreon supporters and everybody else. I'm your host, Michael C. I want to thank you for joining me in this inaugural episode of the China shop 
cocktail hour. Uh, a special shout out to my guests, Pagan, D. Thank you, brothers. You can't see, but you know, I got the fist on the chest. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> right more, more, you, I'm saying more power to you guys. Thank you. And I, I can't wait to do it again, man. I had a blast, man. That hour went by quick. The hour went by quick. Looking For forward sure. to the next one. You know what I'm saying? So on to the next one. To my listeners, thank you. This has been your host, Michael C., with another episode of the Keys and Anglers podcast. And I'll see you when I see you. Peace. Peace.